the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Pastor Scott here with you, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can call now if you want to join the conversation. What role does the government have in correcting what kind of media you consume and whether or not it's true or not? Have you thought about that? Have you actually thought about what role, when should the government step in and say, hey, that's not true, what you're reading on social media or what you're reading in the newspaper even? You know, so often we have stories of fake news and we have uh, things that we have to discern these days, I think, through media and whatever else it is. What is true and what isn't? What's the government role? Well, a judge this week, in fact, yesterday, 4th of July, supposed to be a day off for most people, not for this judge. Judge blocked a Biden administration, blocked the Biden administration from working with social media companies to censor content. Now, in his ruling, the Trump appointed judge writes, quote, during the COVID-19 pandemic, the United States government seems to have assumed a role similar to an Orwellian ministry of truth. He used the term ministry of truth. He actually used that in his ruling. And that has gotten a lot of attention these days. And I think it matters a lot. I recommend that everybody go read the book 1984. Recently, I was rereading that book. I reread it. And, you know, I think I read it, I forget, first year in high school maybe. And you kind of get through it and you do it just to deal with the test. And, And I think that a lot of you were assigned to that book at some point growing up, 1984. I would encourage you to go read it again. There's many versions of it. You can probably find a free version of it. I I listen to the audio version of it because I can do that on my commute. And I just thought it was profound. The book is written in 1949, and it talks about uh, the different – it talks about things that uh, George Orwell believed where government might take us through its control of conversation. And he imagined a world, this is 1949, he imagined a world where there would be telescreens on every wall, basically, or in every room, where people are watching you, and people are listening to everything you do. Somebody's watching you and listening, and that's Big Brother, right? It's the idea, there's a lot of terms that you get from that book, 1984. And it is just the idea that in 1949, he had this idea that there would be TV screens that might be watching you everywhere. And here we are, we've got a TV in just about every room. We have, and there is in every room if you're carrying your phone with you. Do you ever think that your phone's listening to you? <laughs> you know, you, uh, you you start having some conversation about, you know, some product that you want. And, uh, you know, you start thinking, you know what, I haven't had uh, Country Time Lemonade in a long time. Suddenly you're getting advertisements for a lemonade. And you go, how did they know? Uh, somebody's hearing that. What I find as weird is that when I'm just thinking about some kind of lemonade and then there it is. 
Uh, that's that's a whole other thing, and that's probably all just in my head, or is it? Anyway, 1984 um, also has what's called the Ministry of Truth. And what this judge does is he says this. He says he accused... He accused the Biden administration, although it also was part of the Trump administration, okay, it goes back that far, um, of uh, basically blocking free speech for all of us during the, the COVID. And a couple of different states sued over this. So a judge prohibited several federal, federal agencies. This is what they actually did. Now, the decision wasn't made, okay, this is just an injunction as the the case goes to court. But a judge prohibited several federal agencies and officials of the Biden administration from working with social media companies about protected speech. And it is called a blow to censorship is what many people are saying it. And it was a case brought by Louisiana and Missouri that was alleging that the federal government overstepped its efforts during the COVID uh, crisis to convince social media companies to address postings that could result in vaccine hesitancy or affect elections. And this judge wrote this. He wrote that evidence produced thus far. So once again, the case hasn't been resolved. This was basically a hearing about whether or not the case is going to move forward, right? So the the uh, defense would say, you got to throw this out. This isn't a real case. And so both sides will put out their information and then the judge makes that that call, right? And the judge said this, evidence produced thus far depicts almost a dystopian scenario during the COVID-19 pandemic, a period perhaps best characterized by widespread doubt and uncertainty. I'm reading from the opinion here. The United States government seems to have assumed a role similar to an Orwellian ministry of truth. Uh, Do you know what the ministry of truth is? Ministry of truth uh, from that book is, is this, okay? The ministry of truth it's an institution in the fake world that is 1984, and it's the propaganda arm of the party that's in power over the country in that book. is called Oceania, and it's a totalitarian party that oversees everything, and the Ministry of Truth is responsible for controlling and manipulating information so that the party can stay in power and have control over the citizens. And that's what the book is about. I mean, it's a, I couldn't put the book down. I'll tell you what, it's dark. The story is dark. I couldn't put it down. I was listening to, uh, you know, I couldn't press the pause button because that was the audio version. Um, And the Ministry of Truth is a massive government building. It's located in a massive government building that's described as a structure with no windows and a facade that's constantly under repair meaning they're always changing the way the building looks. And the reason for that is to be symbolic of the idea that the party in power is always rewriting history and distorting the truth. And the main function of the Ministry of Truth was to rewrite historical records and manipulate news articles to align with the party's current ideology and policies. And one of the characters, the main character in the book, his name is Winston, uh, which I also find interesting because uh, 1949, era of Winston Churchill and people like that. Why did he name him Winston? Anyways, Winston, uh, my dog's name is also Winston. It's uh, not related. Winston works at the Ministry of Truth, and his job is to literally uh, take the president's speeches, Big Brother's speeches that he would give, or articles that were written. Say it's about inflation, and that was one of the topics. And if Big Brother were to say, uh, inflation is going to be 2% this year, but it turned out to be uh, 1.5%, then his job was to change the speech so that it read 1.5%. And, 
and to change anything in the speech that Big Brother would make that turned out to not be true later. His job was to change it all. And then he would take the old copies of newspapers or newsprint or the, you know, the, however they saved it back in that in that book. And he would drop it in something called the memory hole, which was a, a hole in the side of his desk that would go down to the furnaces in the bottom of the Ministry of Truth and just burn it. And they would put ultimately people in there, that, that people who got out of line would not just be killed, but they would be erased from history if it was at all possible. Uh, it's a very frightening thing. And the party had this motto. The motto was, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. All right. And that was the paradoxical nature of the propaganda. Okay. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. And that's what they would use to control people, that they're always at war. And an interesting thing that would happen in the book is that they would change the, the big brother changes the country that they're actually at war with. And then you're just supposed to go along with it. Even though last week you're like, I thought we were at war with these people. Now there are allies and we're going to war with these people. And they would say, no, you have it wrong. It's always been this way. And freedom is slavery, which is the idea that, hey, you hear these rumors about freedom and what it's like to be free, but actually that's slavery. And you don't want that. So whatever you do, don't act up. We're going to take care of you if you do. Uh, And ignorance is strength, that it's better to have uh, most people be ignorant um, because uh, then they'll be happier. They'll just get along, right? It is uh, frightening when you start to apply that to today when you read that book. Anyway, when you have a judge say that the way that the federal government is approaching information in this era as uh, the ministry of truth, that's all fake, that is pretty remarkable. Here is uh, CNN uh, continuing to report on the judge's ruling. It essentially is banning key government agencies, including the Department of Health and Human Services, the FBI, the Justice Department, the CDC, and about 12 key administration officials, including the White House press secretary uh, and the U.S. Surgeon General, from communicating with social media companies, which include Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Google, Instagram, uh, over concerns that this judge has about the communications that they've had related to uh, the pandemic. Pandemic. Now, this goes back to a 2022 lawsuit that was filed by two state attorneys generals from Missouri uh, and from Louisiana who say that the Biden administration overstepped in their communication uh, to uh, these social media companies, specifically around uh, key issues like election in- integrity, vaccine misinformation and security of voting by mail. So if you read from the the actual case. The idea here is that the judge is blocking uh, federal government organizations, all those organizations, from uh, interfering with what gets posted in social media in particular. And the reason is because they suppress stories that were either actually turning out to be true, they repress speech about it, or they just repress speech anyway. Some things you don't really know uh, what's true or not. And some things are crazy. There are some things on social media that, you know, people send me on all sides of it that are just nuts. That's like not true. Don't listen to that guy that, you know, there's stuff that we read out there that just is completely untrue. But there is something about the freedom of speech that matters, right? The freedom that we have to actually speak our mind or to question things. And that's the big thing. So what the judge wrote in his statement was this. He said, in this case, plaintiffs allege that defendants suppressed conservative-leaning free speech, such as, one, suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story, prior to the 2020 presidential election. That did happen. And the government's the reason that happened. 
primarily. And that story turned out to be true. Uh, and we were told by everybody that it was false. Uh, and you were kicked off of Twitter or Instagram or these different social medias if you questioned whether or not it might be true. It turned out you were right. Uh, suppressing speech about the lab leak theory of COVID-19's origin. You weren't allowed to even talk about that. Now, today, the FBI and the Energy Department say that they think it is a lab leak, although some other departments say that they're not too sure about that. But you should have been able to discuss it, and you were kicked off, okay? Uh, Suppressing speech about the efficiency of masks and COVID-19 lockdowns. That's huge. I ran a preschool and trying to make two-year-olds wear a mask, which nobody thought was a good idea, including the World Health Organization, which never thought that was a good – in fact, it explicitly says it's bad for two years and younger to wear a mask. And yet in our country, you weren't allowed to discuss it. And so what the judge is saying is that there's plenty of evidence here that the government overstepped its bounds in restricting free speech in social media. Now, it's controversial because social media are private companies. And how do we discern? How do we discern what's true and what's false? But you know what? Uh, Media companies are private companies. NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, which is NBC. They're all private companies. What role is the government playing in those things? Now, uh, this is a important issue for all of us because we have to learn how to discern And in a world of falsehood or in a world where what we tend to do is accept things based on, we used to call it the truthiness of it. If something is truthy, meaning it felt true to us, then we accept it as true without investigating. And we need to do better. We need to do better at that. I've got a guest with me who is on social media and Recently, right here in uh, Los Angeles, there were protests outside of school board meetings in Glendale that made national news everywhere. And an interesting thing that happened is that the national news initial reporting did not report the truth about what happened at these protests at all. Uh, The national news did not report, for example, that Antifa showed up. And what happened, if you're not aware of this, is that parents came to school board meetings. There were two of them here in Glendale, another couple of them in North Hollywood. And these have happened across the country. Uh, Another national story was happening in uh, Maryland where, where Muslim people came to protest. And the idea was... Uh, what's being taught to children with respect to uh, sexuality in class and that parents believe they should have rights. Well, the way it was described here in Los Angeles is that the parents, and in particular Armenian parents, where there's a large Armenian population in Glendale, came to do violence against pro-LGBTQ people, and that wasn't true. And if you just read the regular media, you you wouldn't get that. You wouldn't see that at all. Well, thankfully, there are people on the ground with social media today who actually took video of what happened, which gave you a little bit of a a different idea. Um, with me is Anthony Cabasa. Anthony, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you so much for having me, Pastor. Anthony Cabasa, am I saying your name right? Yes. Cabasa right. is a frontline independent journalist here in Los Angeles, and uh, he's covering the latest policies, politics, and breaking news, radio, digital media. A lot of the audio that you would have heard uh, from that event here in Glendale, he was also up at Dodger Stadium during the protests um, on the Pride Night festivities, and you've seen him everywhere uh, in many other places. 
The reason the story and the truth came out in that story is because of his independent reporting. You can find out more about him at informedwithanthony.com, informedwithanthony.com. Anthony, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So we were talking about uh, the, the news, and, you know, we're living in an era, Anthony, where the truth is hard to come by, hard to discern. Uh, let's. I want to learn a little bit about yourself because you have made an impact that made an, that made national news. That you corrected the story effectively because of your Instagram account. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So uh, my name is Anthony Cabasa. I've been an independent journalist for about five years now. I'm a Hispanic American. Um, uh, first generation born. My mom's from Mexico. My dad's Puerto Rican. Uh, third generation veteran. I served in the United States Coast Guard for a little bit over 10 years. And I left in 2017 and decided that I wanted to uh, pursue politics and uh, independent journalism, uh, journalism in politics. Uh, I think that in 2016, uh, post the, that election, there was a lot of uh, fake news that was rampant everywhere. And uh, then we saw the censorship, obviously, online, and we saw how the government was kind of playing Big Brother and saying what you can and cannot believe. You just spoke perfectly about the pandemic and some of the things uh, that we're, we're going through and, and – um, it's been a great journey. And so what I do is I, I focus specifically here in Los Angeles County. I live here. I've uh, been doing independent journalism here locally because, like you said, uh, even some of the local news just doesn't get it right. And there are a lot of uh, parents out there. There are a lot of people, uh, activists that are doing some of the hard work that needs to be done at the school board level, at the city level, at the state level. And unfortunately, there's just, um, you know, like an attack on these parents because they have serious concerns. And and a lot of these parents reach out to me and they say, hey, can you please be here? Because we know at the moment local news gets a hold or, you know, national news covers this. They're going to try to make it seem like we're the enemy here. And so what I do is I show up and I just I don't even really commentate. I just throw raw video up there for people to see for themselves the behavior of some of these quote unquote protesters. But like you rightfully called them, a lot of them are Antifa. A lot of them are left wing extremists. Uh, we have some of the largest communist and socialist uh, political groups out here. And when you, when you say that, these are groups that identify themselves as that. You're not calling them that. They call themselves that. Oh, they're self-identified. Right. So we have the Democratic Socialists yes. of America. The L.A. chapter is one of the biggest ones in the entire country. And then you have the Revolutionary Communists. And it's right there in their name. Yeah. It, it's not like they go by, uh, you know, oh, we're just progressives. No, no, they're just self-identified. So you're right. They're just self-identify. I wouldn't just call anyone a communist, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, and I brought that up because people do that today, right? Right. If you're, and the right and left will do it, right? If you're uh, you know, on the far right and somebody disagrees with you, they might be a communist. Or if you're on the left, the other side is a Nazi, and then everybody's communists and Nazis. Right. And so I want to, you know, whenever those terms come up, I always like to stop and say, well, wait a minute, are we using those terms correctly? Or, you know, or are these people self-identifying this right. way? And that's something I want you to hear is that, that nobody's calling these people communists. They call themselves communists. Correct. And that is very important, Pastor. I think you, you touch on something that not a lot of people do. And I think that that is sometimes the problem with the political right even, um, is that they just go out. It's, it's almost like the term racist. Everyone's racist now. So yeah. it's like, so everyone's racist, so no one's racist now because it's just everyone's racist. And I feel like people don't understand why that's a huge problem, right? Right. If everybody's a white supremacist, well, then nobody's a white supremacist. You know, and there's yeah. a real, there's an actual problem with that yeah. that gets overlooked. Like the people who really are white supremacists, who really could do damage because of that, they're not getting 
paid attention to the way they ought to. They really shouldn't be paid attention to at all, right? But it cre- it eliminates the the seriousness of people who really are following these things. Correct. And so, uh, you know, thank you for bringing that up because I, I, I also try to work in that way in that I would never just go out of my way to improperly call someone a communist. I would say it just because I, I was actually there and yeah. I took video and photos. You can go to my Instagram. You can go to my socials. You can see it for yourself that at these events, self-proclaimed Antifa members and revolutionary communists who go, uh, it's really kind of like a cult because they even have a leader who, whose name is Bob Avakian. And everywhere they go, I've been following these guys for three, four years now out in the streets. They're at every event and their job is to recruit more communists into their group to follow their leader, Bob Avakian. Mm. And that's all they ever talk about is like how Bob Avakian is going to save them, how they need to fall under his leadership. And it's pretty scary stuff. So you're absolutely right. And thank you for cleaning that up because it's it's both sides sometimes use these tactics. But here in Los Angeles, it's pretty bad. It's pretty significant. <laughs> and it's a national thing, even global, because we're hearing these stories out of France right now with all of their burning down stuff and whatever's yeah. happening over there. We're probably not getting the full story either over here, you know, but I'm sure. Uh, Anthony, I got to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about that. I really want to ask you what led you into independent journalism and why you see the need for it, which I think is obvious because we're not getting it from the professional journal journalists uh, that we really ought to have. This is the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Anthony Cabasa. You can learn more at informedwithanthony.com. You can also find him on Instagram. Informed with Anthony is his handle on Instagram. Pastor Scott Show, the number is 888-528-2557. If you want to call in, 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. All right, guys. So I'm going to break down what happened exactly at yesterday's Glendale Unified School District and the only physical altercation. This man was arrested Local media is not reporting who's been arrested, and they're trying to paint a picture that it was a parent that was got arrested. This doesn't look like a parent to me, and I will explain it, and I will show you guys some videos from an independent journalist that was actually there. That is Anthony Cabasa, who is with me here in the studio. Anthony is an independent journalist, and whenever there was a couple of weeks ago the the confrontations in front of the school board at Glendale Unified School District, it was reported falsely what happened. And because of Anthony and his uh, journalism and his videos, the story got corrected, uh, sort of. You know, in a lot of outlets, they started to get it right eventually. Anthony, thanks for being with us. So what was the story there? Is it, You're there. You're, you're present, like a journalist ought to be. And uh, you're actually there. So tell us about that. Yeah, so um, I, for years now, I've been covering multiple protests, left-wing, right-wing, pro-Second Amendment, anti-First Amendment, you, you name it. Um, I, I like just documenting history. I, I believe that uh, it's important to properly document and, and journal what, what's happening in our nation. A lot of these protests, it doesn't really matter if I agree with them or I don't agree with them. I just want to hear what's really going on. And I've kind of developed this uh, social media uh, audience that appreciates that. They appreciate just raw footage, not necessarily my political commentary. If you want my political commentary, you can go to my YouTube for that, right? But on my socials, I try to be as objective as I can be. Sometimes I'll sprinkle in some commentary uh, as a Christian man myself and my take on some things if the, if the people ask for it. But for the most part, 
I, I showed up on this day. Some of the parents invited me and said, hey, we're having a protest, Glendale Unified School District. We are a majority conservative Armenian community. We're Christian, uh, and we don't like what they are doing at the school. They are trying to silence parents. Parents have contacted the superintendent. We've talked with the school board, and it seems like we're just not being heard. So maybe if we show up by the numbers, we'll, they'll finally hear what we have to say. So I showed up that day, and immediately I saw police presence. And I also was aware that there was a city council member of Los Angeles that goes by maybe a girl. It's the first trans elected person in the L.A. City Council, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, this person, this elected member uh, in, in, in the city of Los Angeles, uh, were saying we need LGBT allies to show up at the Glendale Unified School District because there are racists and homophobes that are going to be showing up. Uh, with their hateful rhetoric, and of course, we want to be there for our LGBT youth and trans youth specifically. And that's the way that they labeled the parents who are showing up. Correct. Well, I would say this neighborhood is is votes Democrat most of the time, right? Pretty liberal, actually, as far as voting. You know, probably not personally. It's an interesting thing, right? right that happens, but uh, certainly not your right wing uh, group of activists. By no means of the imagination, right? Um, and especially be, when I was interviewing, so I went live on my Instagram. That live is still up. So if you want to go back and watch, I believe I did three hours. I was interviewing um, uh, parents and uh, counter protesters alike. And so I wanted to get both sides of, of the story. I don't like just only interviewing parents or counter protests. I like to hear from both sides. And I, I believe that my line of questioning was fair. Uh, there was no one that called me hostile or phobic in any manner. Um, and so I, I was just there documenting. And the problem was the reason the police presence was already there was because there was elected city officials calling for counter-protesters to show up, mm-hmm. which is fine. You, sure. If you show up, there's a First Amendment right for everyone. If you want to come and support LGBT youth, uh, regardless of how small that demographic might be, especially in elementary, I, I would assume it's probably less than 1%. But if you want to show up, you can show up. And there were actually civil discussions happening between some of the parents and some of the LGBT allies. That was amazing to see. They were conversing. They were saying, this is why I think it's wrong. This is my problem with the school board. Uh, many of the parents that I interviewed, I, I would argue almost all of them said, this is not an anti-LGBT protest. This has everything to do with the school board in that we have concerns on mm-hmm. some of the curriculum. We've raised those concerns, and despite us being the majority and us not wanting our children to participate in some of these events and some of the school stories that they're that they're reading to some of these uh, children, uh, specifically our children, the school is basically saying, well, we don't care. Well, we're we're just going to do it anyway because we have to. Essentially, the school board is essentially saying, "We, as government elected people, we know more than you, and and we think that regardless of your concerns or your personal beliefs, and despite you being the overwhelming majority and showing up school board after school board meeting, we're still going to do it." And that was the problem was that. <clears throat> Despite all of this, the school still continued with the curriculum. And so they were just like, okay, well, we just don't know what to do anymore. You know? And so uh, in interviewing a lot of these parents, they were saying, this isn't, and they often repeated, they said, we have LGBT friends. We have, a lot of us are business owners. We have LGBT employees, business partners. We have family members, LGBT. If we were anti LGBT, you would know. 
But this is not even a protest against LGBT. This is against a school that refuses to listen to our concerns yeah. as parents. So that's truly what's going on. And if you watch your videos and stuff, you learn that, including the conversations on both sides that Correct. are civil, that where people are trying to listen to each other and trying to understand and going back and forth. But there's a, a third element, and it's the Antifa element. It's the element of bringing in people from uh, the outside uh, to come in, and uh, it changes the entire environment. Uh, this is the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Anthony Cabasa. He's an independent uh, journalist in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Los Angeles. And uh, you can uh, go to his website uh, to learn more, informedwithanthony.com. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to call in. Uh, i got a call from uh, Kinthia. Kinthia. Kinthia, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Kinthia? Uh, go ahead, yes. Kinthia. Yes, hi. Am I on? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, I Kinthia. Called, I called to talk about um, and just affirm what you're talking about. Because the Bible says truth has stumbled in the public square in Isaiah 59:14, And in Habakkuk 1, 4, it says the wicked hem in the righteous. So I just think it's so important for us as Christians to kind of mobilize and, and think together and try to get the truth out. Um, because yeah. one of the ways that we're divided is by, um, you know, people like LGBT, people who might be totally innocent are thinking, oh, my God, there's going to be these subversive people at, the, at this meeting. And it turns out that they're sent there to cause problems. So they're going there not really knowing the truth either. Yeah. And that's how people are divided, and that's a form of lawlessness that, yeah. you know, Jesus talked about being part of these times. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Kinthia. Uh, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. And I think that uh, to her point there, people on both sides of this issue are being deceived by this third entity, the right. the the agenda of uh, the Antifa, the agenda of uh, the communist group. And like we said in the last segment, these are people who call themselves communists. It's not other people just saying that because we throw that word out. You know, you as an independent journalist are in this story the the one or maybe one of a couple who actually brought that out. Why is it that the major media doesn't do that? Man, that's a, that's a really good question, and I think that it is something that we, as independent journalists, it's our duty to kind of you know go out there and expose not just what's really happening on the floor, but also maybe even talk to uh, and, and try to correct the story because. We have seen just kind of like this wave of misinformation, disinformation, and it, and it seems like it's becoming more and more uh, like normal, I guess. Uh, you know, the mm-hmm. caller that just called in talking about, uh, you know, speaking truth. In all of my bios, I have John eight thirty two, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Because if you don't know the truth, you're essentially a slave to disinformation and misinformation. So you believe something that's not even factually correct. And so my job as a, as a journalist— what I what I noticed during the riots, because I covered the George Floyd riots of 2020 as well. I traveled to Minneapolis. I went to Portland, Oregon. I went to Washington, D.C. I covered a lot of the local stuff here locally. One thing that I noticed is that a lot of the corporate news, the reason why they got it so wrong was actually because they were thrown out from these from these mob from these mobs. If people saw, you know, committing crimes, they saw that there was a camera crew there. Well, obviously, they don't want to be on TV. They don't want to be on national news with their faces there. So a lot of the times, they would behave very violently 
toward the news reporters. And so they would say, you're not allowed to film here. You're not allowed to follow mm-hmm. us through the streets. And so as an independent journalist, it was kind of my job to kind of blend in a little bit. I would have to wear the mask. I would have to, you know, kind of sometimes did I would even do blend in with the Antifa crowd and I, the helmet and all of that. Believe it or not, I did. Yeah, yeah. because it sometimes it, it, there was actually times, especially in Portland, where uh, these groups are a lot larger in numbers. They're asking you, who are you? If you have anything that says press, they're like, who are you with? How can I follow you? How do you post? Are you right wing? Are you left wing? Are you with us or are you against us? Uh-huh. And so a lot of times you have to blend in. You don't have to lie about who you are, but you kind of want to blend in. You don't want to stand out like a corporate you know, news guy. Right. You, you, I, I would wear the bandanas. Well, reporters wear, used to do that. Right. right? Like, there used to be a lot of reporters who would do that. Uh, James O'Keefe at Project Veritas does it well, going undercover, right? Mm-hmm. And he sends undercover people and stuff. And so my job is to kind of get the stories that the news – simply can't sometimes it's by choice sometimes they'll they'll cover the riot or the protest and they'll say it's fiery but it's mostly peaceful you know like sure right, it's mostly scene. peaceful and the gas station's on fire yeah behind them. the whole entire city yeah. behind them is on fire right yeah um so that's kind of like them manipulating the story to to try to convince people hey guys this is nothing more than just a small group of protesters but it's happening nationwide so my job was to essentially infiltrate these groups go in there with just my cell phone i don't have any equipment i don't have satellites and all that stuff and i would just record raw footage of them burning flags Uh, when i was in portland oregon they were burning bibles and all of those went viral because people finally got to see a glimpse of what what's really at the heart of Mm -hmm. these movements it was marxism it was anti-christianity they were chanting f your jesus f your religion tearing apart bibles Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people said i i never knew this i i used to support black lives matter and i'm going to stop donating because how can they condone this well and i think that one of the things we want we're going to take a break and i want to talk about this when we come back it's the idea that the people who for example black lives matter or other movements had really good things to say Mm -hmm. their message gets lost uh, because of other people who hijack it right. in this. And the media is not reporting what actually is happening. And the problem, too, is that Black Lives Matter allowed this to happen, and they would the never, organizers. They never condemned it. Yeah. So these things would happen at their events, but they never condemned. They never said, hey, we noticed some of those bad actors are tearing, about, uh, tearing apart Bibles. We respect people's religious beliefs. They never apologize. So that's why it, it's it's kind of accurate to say that sometimes it would be hijacked, but they would never condemn those people. And as an organization that is trying to save face and trying to, quote unquote, do right, you have to condemn these actions because the political right does this all the time. Conservatives are always out there, you know, apologizing on behalf of others. Hey, guys, these are just a couple bad actors. You know, yeah. this is not what we believe entirely. This is not us as Christians. You know, we will always have to correct ourselves. And I think it's due diligence. Well, it matters. And I think uh, all sides, you have to take the log out of your own eye. Right. right. You've got to do that. And, you know, there's people on the right who have failed to do that at different times. And it hurts whatever their their side is. Right. It right. hurts your own side. It hurts your own argument when you fail to take the log out of your eye, when you fail to say, hey, that's not okay, mm-hmm. even though my side is doing it. i got to take a break. My guest is Anthony Cabasa. He's an independent journalist. You can learn more at Informed with Anthony. Do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah, informedwithanthony.com. This is the Pastor Scott Show. If you want to call in and join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Wednesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now 
at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Uh, yesterday, a, uh, a judge uh, put an injunction out on the, uh, the Biden administration to not interfere with what people write on social media. And uh, that's temporary as a case that was brought by Louisiana and Missouri is going forward, alleging that the federal government overstepped its efforts to um, convince social media companies to address postings that would result in policies maybe contrary to what they thought was right or contrary to what they were pushing forward, whether it was uh, right or wrong or indifferent. And, you know, the power of social media is in some ways very negative, but in also other ways, it can help us understand the truth. With me is Anthony Cabasa. He is um, on social media. You can find him anywhere on social media. His handle is informed with Anthony, uh, informed with Anthony. And we he's an independent journalist who has been uh, nationally recognized because of exposing what really is going on in some of these movements that are there. You know, as Christians, Anthony, and Anthony uh, uh, is a follower of Jesus, uh, how do we take a look at the truth and even use our social media? Social media has such a negative side, but there's a positive side to it if you're paying attention, right, to really put truth out there in a way that is, you know, confrontational to what is false, but in a way that is not confrontational in a way that's just going to make people hate you. Right. Uh, for for a good reason, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, if people hate you for Jesus and the gospel, okay, Jesus said that. But if they hate you because you're actually a jerk, well, that's a whole other thing, right? You know what? How do we how do we deal with this as believers? You know, um, it, it, you were talking about this earlier, and even with the injunction, right? There was a lot of people. I, I would argue, probably our friends in the political left, that were really scared when Elon Musk bought Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, disinformation is going to go rampant. People are going to die. You know, disinformation. But one thing that I've seen beautifully in Twitter is that now there's like a free flow of speech. And there are accounts that pop up sometimes and they'll say, World War Three imminent. The apocalypse is yeah, happening tomorrow. Yeah, there's a tomorrow. lot of phony stuff for right. sure. How but, do we discern that? Well, well, here's what's great about that is that the community is taking action. There's a lot of people, you know, I actually just saw one last night. They were saying, guess what, guys? Like they're reporting that Ukraine is going to use a, a dirty bomb to bomb a Russian nuclear site, and that means nuclear warfare. They're doing it tonight, July 4th. Right. Well, here we are, and nothing happened, right? But these, what happens with these accounts is they go a little bit viral. They get people a little bit anxious and stuff. But as Christians, you know, we're called to have discernment. And we're like, okay, well, let's step back here. What's what's the source? Who is this Patriot J1776 3.0? And why is he not using his real face and his real name to his profile, right? Why does he only, only have two followers? Why does the account say that he started his account yesterday? You know, and what you're describing is, is a process that people ought to go through on their social media. Correct. Right. To, to d- determine, because I get stuff sent to me all the time from both sides. Right. That's most of the time nuts. And I have to go have a new page. This is not true. Not right. even close to true. Yeah. And so, like, the process for me, because everyone has discernment. Everyone can do these simple steps of, like, okay, well, wait a minute. What's really going on here? First and foremost, I would argue that regardless of what's being sent to you, you know, like, oh, something imminent, you know, brace for impact is God always tells us, hey, I got this. 
You know, mm. men can scheme, governments can scheme. You know, I'm sure you've probably heard of Agenda 2030 and WEF and uh, the World Economic Forum and Charles Schwab wants to make sure you own nothing and you'll be happy. This is not... Man, and you're gonna eat bugs. Man, yeah, that's my eat, favorite. Eat the bugs. They're putting right? that out there, right? Those <laughs> right. bug burgers that I suppose the sample lady will give us at Costco eventually. But what I, what I will tell people is that even here in Los Angeles, in the harshest of conditions and the pandemic and and all the lockdowns that happened, we still overcame. We there mm. was no chip. There was no you know people were telling me, Anthony, this is it. This is the end of the world. The chip's coming, and this is and that. And to some extent, sure, maybe they're preparing for it to you know some extent. We, you know, we were able to survive, and we did just fine. And now we're getting back to normal. And now there's no more vaccine cards or any of that stuff, you know. But what I would tell people is, you need to understand that the enemy always wants to instill fear and anxiety into you. And the way they'll do it is through disinformation. They want to instill fear in you that you always need to be fearful of the next big thing. But God tells us in His in the Scripture. Fear not, you know, for I am with you. I will be with you everywhere and I will go before you and I will send angels to be around you. So when people send me, hey, man, did you hear about this new agenda? It's supposed to be like in 60 days and and, and Biden is going to be dethroned and this. I'm like, look, no matter what happens, God's got us no matter what. So so the anxiety and fear is already out the window. So remove the anxiety and the fear and you're no longer uh, hoping to send this to as many people as you can. Now you start dissecting. You're like, okay, well, wait a minute. What's the account's name? Mm. What does it look like? Wh- where? Wh- what source are they using? Oh, they don't have a source? Mm, that's interesting. The source is always my friend in the military. I'm sure you've probably seen those. Like, right. hey, guys, you know, my friend in the military said this. Well, I'm prior military. I have a lot of sources in the military as well. And I'm telling you, my friends are not texting me every five minutes like, hey, man, we're being deployed. This is it. This is the big one. And so I, I will always say, no matter what you're looking at, what videos, what information, always know that man can scheme, but God is always in control, and we will always win, no matter what, right? And so as far as this, this information, you need to have the discernment to be like, okay, how is this going to benefit me? How is this going to benefit my family? Is this something that I am for? Is this something that I am against? How should I react? Do they want to get a reaction to me? Do I have to go on there and comment my two cents every five minutes? Probably not. You know, like, because right. then we find ourselves, uh, a lot of it, and, and, and this has been proven already, that there are thousands upon thousands of bots specifically designed to trigger people to engage in online conversation for the sole purpose of wasting your time. The more you're mm-hmm. wasting your time, the, the more you're away from from uh, being being purposeful. In and life. the more you're adding to the statistics that eventually leads to revenue for right. social media, right? So that that's another part of discernment is we have to realize that the social media company's goal is to keep you on there. Correct. Right? And the best way they've determined to keep you on there is to make you mad or anxious or upset. Right. Right. And so what I've seen with Twitter is that, you know, all these disinformation profiles they're going away because the community is coming together and saying like hey this is bogus man this is you're using some people were using um you know the france riots that just Mm -hmm. happened recently they were posting like videos of like the fast and the furious uh when they filmed scenes in paris of like the vehicles coming off like look they're throwing vehicles off the thing and it's like uh well this is a movie scene you know and, and people are quick to do that so it's interesting that despite all the apocalyptic foresight of this is it, this is the end, Elon Musk is uh, allowing free speech on Twitter, it's actually made it easier for people to fact check because they're like, hey, you're posting negative stuff. And you know what that does? The people that were once following those profiles are like, 
man, this guy's being caught lying all the time. Why would I spend more time following this person? Mm. So they unfollow those people. And so free speech is just kind of working itself out. So, you know, um, Dr. Malone, when he was here in Los Angeles, said a very powerful message at the very end of his speech. And he said, the truth is like a lion. You don't need to contain it. You don't. You don't need to do anything to it. Just it's a lion. Let it be loose. It'll defend itself. Yeah, the truth will eventually come out. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, but you know, there is definitely. And we're almost out of time here, Anthony. There's definitely, you know, a, a, a movement by the evil one. Uh, First John would call them antichrist. You know, who is who cover up the truth. Correct. And as Christians, let's encourage all of you as we go to do your due diligence with what's true and and hedge on things that you don't know. It's okay to say, gosh, this is interesting. I heard this even from somebody trusted. Right. But to say, I don't know if uh, this is really true. And you know what? The goal of everyone, everyone listening, doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, independent, libertarian, you need to remember one thing. The truth doesn't belong to Democrats and it doesn't belong to the conservatives. It doesn't belong to the Republicans. The truth alone belongs to God. Mm. And in the end, it, it like you said just now, even if it's coming from the most trust, trusted source, it can be your your favorite pastor on the radio waves. It can be your favorite independent journalist. It can be Charlie Kirk. It could be the Young Turks. The truth is the truth. And when they're wrong, you need to call it out. Yeah. There is no scoring political points and ignoring, oh, maybe he, you know, he overstepped a little bit. You need to delve in the truth. Yeah, and as Christians, we have to be known for that. Absolutely. So wherever you're at, everybody, you know, your online presence or your personal presence in church, at your workplace, at the job, you know, at a protest, if you feel compelled to go, you got to be a truth teller. Yeah. Um, boldly, truth and love. Um, but uh, your goal ultimately is to save souls, to let people know about Jesus Christ, and you have to do that in the truth. We're out of time. Anthony, uh, I want to thank you for what you do and uh, for being with me today on the Pastor Scott Show. Ah, thank you so much for having me, and thanks you, for everyone who tuned in. You can follow Anthony everywhere online, Informed with Anthony, on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, YouTube, Informed with Anthony. You can also find all of it at informedwithanthony.com. Thank you very much, uh, Anthony, for being with us on the Pastor Scott Show. Pam, sorry I didn't get to your call. You can call back on Friday for Open Line Friday. We're done for today. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless. Have a good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com